0: Hey, before we go to this podcast, let me say a few things about the mentorship group. As leaders, we know that we need the wisdom of a mentor to help us focus on what matters and avoid costly mistakes. Yet too often, finding that person we trust and who's experienced is impossible. And then if we do find them, then on the other side of the world, or it's too expensive, or they just don't have the time. I've been mentoring people now for over 30 years in a one-on-one basis. And at the start of this year, I've been thinking a lot about how I can mentor more people, how I can help more people. So, I have created an online community called The Mentorship Group. Here you'll be able to join me live for monthly group mentorship sessions. You can ask me questions, anything you like, whatever you are in the world, for a fraction of the cost that this would be in a one-to-one mentorship situation. You can be part of this new intimate conversational community, getting answers and breakthroughs and insights that all of us need. Everyone needs a mentor, so let me be yours head to www.thementorshipgroup.com and sign up today so that's the mentorshipgroup.com and I look forward to chatting with you all there. Hi Paul Scanlon here. Thanks for taking the time to click on my podcast. I want to spend time focusing on my primary passions of leadership, personal development, communication, growing big people, and I hope that these podcasts really help and add value to your life and to your journey. Thanks for tuning in. During Stephen's stoning, they serendipitously laid their coats at the feet of a man called Saul of Tarsus. We're just a little thing tucked in the book of Acts. and We get his name and we know now what comes later, but at that time Saul didn't know, but we know he's struggling inside because when When Stephen was stoned and on his knees, he did what Jesus did. He said, Lord, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And Saul, that's the chief persecutor of the church, inside, we know from later on Damascus Road, he's struggling. And when the voice of Jesus said to him, why are you kicking against the pricks and the goads? Why are you fighting the conviction and the pressure you're under? That day when he was watching Stephen die with such grace and such dignity and such power and composure, we know it's eating away at his soul, and that's why we know the courts were laid at his feet. It seemed accidental it seemed it seemed like Unplanned, but it was all completely planned by God. David accidentally arrives at the front line when Goliath is chanting his threats as per usual. It wasn't planned. It was just a, an errand for his dad bringing some cheese sandwiches to his brothers. No big deal. But on the day that he arrived, on the moment he entered into the camp, he gets earshot of Goliath. It was a serendipitous setup by God to get David attached and on the, on the track towards his ultimate destiny. Ruth, accidentally ends up in the field of Boaz. In fact, the the authorised Bible says, her hap, H-A-P, her hap was to light upon the field belonging to Boaz. I don't know what your hap is, but she had one. (laughs) And her hap, her, her unplanned, not looking for it, life, just she was going to just find food to feed her and Naomi. And she finds herself in the field of Boaz. We now know looking back, you've got to put yourself in her shoes that day, we now know looking back she marries him and that they finish up in the genealogy of King David and Jesus Christ. We, we know all of that, yay, at the end of the story. But on that day she didn't know it. She's just, she's just trying to find food to feed her and Naomi. But serendipitously she finishes up in the field of Boaz and the rest is history. Joseph finds himself in prison interpreting dreams for Pharaoh's top staff. Sometimes serendipitously God attaches you to people that you could never in a million years manipulate yourself into their company. And God will get more done by accident often through your life than on purpose because when it's on purpose you're too much in the way. You're trying too hard to fix it and to make it happen this way. And God says, hang on, allow for a bit of serendipity in your life, because I specialize in that stuff. Esther ends up in the king's harem and becomes his favorite amongst all the women. We not knowing, but God knowing, and it all did seeming accidental at the time, but she's gonna become the deliverer of the whole nation of Israel in averting that genocide. King Xerxes can't sleep one night. The king. In, in, in Esther's era, he can't sleep. So serendipitously, he asks to read the book that records the chronicles of his own reign. And he happens to turn to the page that mentions this man that warned his staff about, a, about an assassination attempt on his life. And he, the, the guy's name happens to be Mordecai, who is the uncle of Esther. And no one's rewarded this man. And so King Xerxes at 3 a.m. in the morning gets all his staff out of bed and says, I read this in the book. No one told me about this. Who is this Mordecai? Find him, fetch him. We must reward him. He just couldn't sleep that night, that's all. He could have picked up, you know, the newspaper or, or watched Sky TV Sport or something or gone for a walk or ordered a pizza but instead he reads he wants to read the book that records his own reign strange thing to do not when God is serendipitously maneuvering and manipulating even the hearts of kings and headmasters towards his own ends I love it the ark the ark of the covenant serendipitously stops at the house of Obed-Edom wow what a thing. Imagine that day. You're in the nearest house. We're going to park the ark here. And for three months, that guy was blessed out of his brains. And his crops grew and his wife got pregnant with quadruplets and, and his dog's expecting and the guinea pig's pregnant and, and the birds are singing and the sun's shining and the roof doesn't leak and everything it touches turns to gold and and there's no sickness in the house and there's no stress in the house and there's just peace and joy and he's got, he's creative, he's a brilliant thinker, he's coming up with great ideas. Everything's just turning to gold because the ark was serendipitously stopped outside his house, stays there for three months and David gets so jealous that this guy's getting my blessing... That three months then, David said, I can't bear this anymore. We've got to go and get the ark. It's not right that one family benefit from the ark. All the nations should benefit from the ark. You all okay? Some of the world's greatest discoveries and inventions happen by serendipity. Medicine, science, biology, physics. Top ten accidental discoveries. Number ten, ice lollies. Frank Epperson, aged 11, accidentally left a flavored water drink outside overnight with a stirring stick still in it. Next morning, ice lolly. (laughs) Boom, idea. I think I'll make these on purpose and now billions of ice lollies later, we never knew where that came from. Number nine, Velcro was an accidental discovery. What a great invention. How many of you are dependent on Velcro tonight? I didn't ask for, that was a reciprocal question, by the way. <laughs> 1940, Swiss inventor noticed whilst walking his dog how cockle stuck to his trousers as he walked through the, the brush. He examined them under a microscope and saw that their natural hook shapes in the cockle were why they hooked onto his clothing. And so eight years later, it took him to invent two nylon strips, one with thousands of small hooks like the cockleburr. And one with soft loops so it could cling onto it. Velcro. Superglue is number eight. Post its were number seven. World's top 10 accidental serendipitous discoveries. Scotch Guard was an accident. Safety glasses, cellophane, vulcanized rubber, x rays, penicillin it was a complete accident. Alexander Fleming wakes up one day and sees that some. Some furred fungi was growing in the Petri dish where he left the bacteria overnight. And instead of throwing it down the sink and washing it out, he thought, wow, what is that? Examined it, found the properties in it that were destroying the bacteria. It became known as penicillin when it was refined. Complete accident. How many millions of lives have been saved by that accidental discovery? Hmm. What you just see tonight in these closing moments, serendipity is not random. It is not lucky. It is not for the special chosen few. It is not for special supernaturally favored people. I know I've read a list of some who's who in Christian history and Bible history. I want to give them as examples. But I've realized with serendipity, the dictionary also says, it is an aptitude for making desirable discoveries by accident. It is an aptitude for doing it. And I believe what that's teaching us, and I believe what the Bible's teaching us, is that you can live your life in a way that creates, by your approach to life, it creates serendipity happening to you more frequently than it has in the past. You on purpose live a life that is so otherly minded, that is so aware with a capture mentality of what's going on around you, You live a life that's so loving of other people. You know, it doesn't surprise me when I know about David's life why David would have a serendipitous moment in meeting Goliath and many through his life. It doesn't surprise me that Ruth would finish up in the field of Boaz because before that, she loved and took care of Naomi, a broke, three times bereaved widow that had nothing to offer her. And Ruth, when it was not in her self-interest to stay with her, stuck with her god saw that kind of heart and that's why god led her to the field of boaz joseph had a brilliant attitude in prison i'm not surprised that joseph finished up prime minister of egypt because good things happen to good people these people were gracious and loving and selfless and forgiving and reliable and generous and ruth stuck with naomi and joseph kept a good heart And David looked after sheep that weren't even his own and got a sheep sitter. When he took cheese sandwiches to his brothers, that kind of thing God sees. And God said, I got some serendipity coming for your life because people like you deserve that to happen to them. What others others call luck is not luck at all. Generosity leads to friendships you couldn't have dreamed of and weren't looking for on the day you were generous. Small jobs blossom into annual contracts that you weren't looking for. You were just happy to do the small job and do it well. Co-workers blossom into supporters. When you weren't looking for that, you were just being kind and working as a team with people around you. Bosses become advocates that write references for you into your future, but you weren't looking for that. You were just doing the best you can to be the best employee you could be in the job that you had. Friends become partners and ideas become enterprises that you weren't looking for. You were just doing the best that you could do on the day that you were doing it. A jobless woman having lunch on a park bench one autumn day. A businesswoman approaches her for directions. Out of it, she finishes up walking into her dream job given her by the businesswoman who asked her for directions. Definitely a serendipitous moment, wouldn't you say? On the bench, just having lunch in the park in autumn, unemployed, and a woman comes asking for directions, and that woman ends up giving her her dream job, not looking for it, couldn't have anticipated it, couldn't have planned it, wasn't expecting it that day. But what if I told you that this woman had been undervalued by a previous employer, and therefore she'd finally left the company, moved to a new city to forge a new path in life, and she'd always loved autumn, And parks, and built that movement and built that progress and that attitude and that positivity into her life. And that's what put her on that bench that day. Not just she was on the bench like anyone else, but she was on the bench because she'd relocated to a new town, because she believed she was worth more than she was being treated as. She put herself in the neighborhood, as it were, of serendipitous things to happen. She didn't lie down under the boss that was abusing her. She didn't say, this is as good as my life can ever be. But she decided to get up and do something about it. And I believe God and life is attracted. Good things come and good things happen and good things stick around people that are wired like the people I'm telling you about here tonight. Another story. The wise entrepreneur stood in line at the market while he was thinking of the dinner he would prepare that night for his bride he was keenly aware that perhaps good fortune reached him reached for him from that very place where he stood that day just then the time came for the elderly man in front of him to pay and this old man realized he could not find his money i had it right here he said pointing to his cardigan pocket perhaps it fell out while you shopped the wise man replied to him we will go look for it together but in the meantime Let me pay for your groceries so that these good people in line behind you can buy theirs. The elderly man was reluctant but accepted the wise man's generosity. Together the two men then retraced the elderly man's steps and discovered his wallet at the foot of the vegetable stand at the back of the store. I can't thank you enough for your kindness, the elderly man said. You do not know me and yet you helped me twice in less than five minutes. It was no problem at all, my friend, said the wise man. I can only trust that in the day my wallet goes missing, someone will do the same thing for me. The elderly man paused for a moment and grinned and replied, well, young man, perhaps this day has come. I'm not sure what you mean, sir, the man said. My, my wallet is right here. Well, I don't mean it in that way, but there is certainly a way I can repay you today. "'You do not need to repay me, sir,' the wise man said. "'It's perfectly okay. "'Still, I'd like to if you don't mind. "'You see, I don't mean to meddle in your business, "'but I overheard you talking on your phone. "'You were speaking, I believe, to the owner "'of the painted brick building at Oakmont Avenue "'about a purchase that you cannot agree on. "'Yes, that's right,' the man replied to him. "'He is a kind man, but I cannot convince him "'to see what I offer him is fair.' even more than what the market dictates. Still, I would love to purchase the property for my business. It's the perfect spot for my future development, and I've already started plans, but I cannot get him to sell me the building. Well, began the old man. This man to whom you were speaking happens to be my closest friend. He and I have known each other for more than 60 years from way back in our days in the army together. He's a good man. He will sell you the property for the price you offer, Once he knows the kind of man you are, I will tell him tonight of your kindness to me and he will call you tomorrow morning. I can be so sure of what I say because I originally loaned him the money to purchase the property many years ago. While he returned the money to me a few years later, he has always felt the building was as much mine as ever it was his. I do not know what to say, said the wise man. Your offer is worth far more than the few dollars I gave you for your groceries. I don't deserve this kind of help. Young man, the old man said to him, I've always said that there no kindness goes unreturned. Most would have overlooked the opportunity to help me. And they would have gone and they would have done so because they saw no value in helping an old forgetful man find his wallet. Such people act only out of their desire to help themselves. You helped me out of no such desire And your kindness was returned tenfold. This is the way of a world that most people never, ever see. Wow. Good things happen to good people. Because that man in that line on that day waiting for his groceries on the phone about his business could never have dreamed that the man in the line in front of him had the key to the releasing of the property to the next level for his career and for his business. You never ever know who is in your space and who you are helping. And if you go looking for the old man that has the phone number for the man you don't know, you'll spend your life chasing him. But if you'll just do what's in front of you, if you'll build a life of kindness and serving people and loving people, serendipity will begin to follow you more than you've ever known at any other time in your life. Even David said in Psalm 23, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me, chase me, the message Bible says, all the days of my life. That is not a promise to every person. We've made that a promise for all of us. I believe David realized that in his own life. And if you'll build a heart like David, I believe that promise will be yours too. Let me get Jock and uh, and Tim up here just quickly. Bring these two boards up with you. This is goodness and mercy coming up here tonight. Let's hear it for goodness and mercy because we all need it. you guys just to follow me wherever I go. This is what David said. Goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Wherever I go, I don't know that they're there. I can't see them. They're invisible. But if I build a life... That is reaching people, helping people, being kind to the old man in front of me, loving the city that you're in, loving the town that you're in, merging our churches because the people will benefit by doing that, taking a risk and stepping out. Goodness and mercy, kind of want to hang around people like that. Goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. All the days of my life, David said. And what happens with most of us is goodness and mercy are like two two unemployed strangers. They're not activated in your life. They're waiting to get active, but goodness and mercy follow you. They don't go ahead of you. They're waiting to get involved because things you do activate them into expression in your life and goodness gets up and mercy gets up and thinks, wow, these people keep us so busy. We're exhausted because they're building a life that makes us interested in what they're doing. Wouldn't you like to have these two follow you around every day? Who are those those two people with you? It's my friend's goodness and mercy. How long have they been with you? All the days of my life. Can't get rid of them. Sometimes I think they're not there and I bump into things that I couldn't have dreamed or imagined would happen for me and I just think, you know what? God, goodness and mercy must so be with me. Even though I go through the valley of the shadow of death and I go through bad times in my life because in the valley of the shadow of death I didn't get bitter. I didn't blame God. I didn't say, why me? And I didn't curl up in a ball and quit. I just kept moving, kept going. I think God must have liked that. God must have seen that. And even in the valley of the shadow of death, goodness and mercy were there with me in the valley. Saying, don't stop. Keep going. Don't make us unemployed. Don't put us out of work. Keep reaching. Keep helping people. And some of you in your life don't have these two with you enough. These two things attach themselves These two expressions of God's heart Attach themselves Especially to people That live a big selfless life To whom accidents Accidents happen All the time More than you've ever imagined Because now believing I wish that could happen to me I remember once 20 years ago Something like that happened Now this serendipitous expression of God In your life Can be often And more frequent Than you've ever known And when you have that Goodness and mercy, you can sit down now because, but don't forget when I leave to follow me. (laughs) We've promised the world to the tithers and promised the world to the prayers and to the volunteers. But goodness and mercy don't attach themselves to what you do. They attach themselves to who you are. They attach themselves to that heart, that good heart, that, that heart that God loves, that heart that God can see that only God can see. People can't see your heart. That's why they said, well, he's head and shoulders above. And God said, you judge by the outward, but I see the heart. And when, when God sees your heart, he assigns serendipity to your life. And, and I, I'm going to pray as I close that, that you have the most serendipitous year you have ever had for the remaining nine months of 2011. I pray that you will find yourself every day Walking into stuff that seems an accident, but now you're aware of it, now you know how to get more of it in your life, you will find happening all around you. Some of you need some serendipity in your churches. You need a breakthrough in building, and in lands, and in favor with authorities, and in financial miracles, and in partnerships and collaborations and associations. You need to bump into the old man that was in the key water, the equivalent of that where you live you just need some stuff that you can't make happen if you tried, and I'll tell you why it happens. You just keep reaching people, keep loving people, keep building a generous life, and goodness and mercy will show up in your town and show up in your church and show up in your ministry and say, let's get to work. Thank you for employing us. We've been waiting a long time to follow you around, but don't park up and pray, oh God, let goodness and mercy be in our church. Get up and begin to help people. Embrace the Naomi's in your town. Go after the people nobody wants. Love the people nobody's loving. And you watch serendipity begin to explode in your church, through your ministry, on you, on your people, on your community. And you'll look back at the end of this year and think, wow, what a year. Journal it, record it. In case you think it's you. Journal and record it. Because the journaling of serendipity will help you understand that God's hand has been with you when you didn't believe His hand was with you, that God's favor was on you when you never believed it was, because you're building a life that attracts that towards your life. Let's stand together tonight. Time's gone. Well, thanks again for listening to today's podcast. I hope you found it beneficial. And uh, I know time is precious commodity for us all, but I would love it if you would take the time to... Write a review or comment, and above all, maybe subscribe to my podcast channel. Thank you.